Hello, my name is Ace. And I'm Harold. And we're here for uh, another podcast. Our podcast is called Church Does It Really Exist? And uh, so this whole last four uh, podcasts have been on authority. We are trying to establish authority from Scripture. Who has authority? Who appoints and uses that authority to appoint others to have authority? And basically, we saw that God has all of authority, and and Christ has authority. Christ gives the apostles authority, and we saw last week that, especially the Apostle Paul, has given authority to Timothy and Titus to carry out and go and appoint elders. And now, uh, today, we want to address the elders' authority. How much authority do they have? And how was that authority given to them so they could exercise their authority? Well, yeah. So we start out with the apostles give authority to elders. So we go to Acts eleven twenty-seven through 30. Now in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined, everyone according to his ability, to send relief to the brothers living in Judea, and they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. So they sent the money through Barnabas and Saul, which were apostles. Right. So we see that it, they just didn't send it directly to uh, the whole ecclesia, the whole congregation assembly of believers. They actually sent them to elders to be able to distribute them to those who had the need. Uh, there was going to be a famine, and so they, uh, the elders had this uh, ability to um, to handle the money correctly and to give it to those who were in need. Yeah, so the whole ecclesia is is handing out, well, not handing, but they're they're uh, giving what they can for the future, the famine that's coming up. Yeah, so these prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch and said, "There's going to be this famine." Right. And so the disciples, the believers there in Antioch, decided, according to their ability, to gather money. We're not sure it's just money. It could be food or, or whatever. But they gathered it together. They wanted to help those in Jerusalem and Judea, the southern part of Israel. And uh, so uh, they did so. Um, by giving the money to Barnabas and Saul, and they sending it to the elders in Jerusalem to to handle that responsibility. Okay. Debate about circumcision for salvation. And I just want to say oh. that we're talking about this was going this was happening in Antioch. In fact, uh, we need to look at Acts. If we go to Acts, I want to give a little more background on uh, the situation. So we, uh, oh, chapter and verse. 14. I'll go ahead and read uh, 24. Okay. Starting at 24. Yeah. 
And so uh, we see that uh, Paul and Barnabas are going to Antioch. Then they passed through Pisidia, and they came to Pamphylia. And when they had, had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Talia. And from there, they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that had been that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered Ecclesia, our assembly together, they declared all that the God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles and they remained no little time with the disciples. And then uh, when we read uh, Acts 15, 1, we'll see what happens. Okay. So the debate about circumcision for salvation, Acts 15, 1 and 2. But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas had some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. From Scripture, how the elders played a role with, with authority and along with the apostles. And they did so because they, um, uh, Paul and Barnabas, uh, they were appointed then after these men had come down and they were trying to teach them that part of the salvation was circumcision back you know the moses law and so uh, they sent paul and barnabas and and they went to jerusalem and they were going to speak to the apostles and the elders about this question so here we see that that there was an authority and the elders to be able to help with the apostles to make decisions uh, concerning whether circumcision should be part of salvation. Circumcision of the heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Acts fifteen four. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. And again, it's just, uh, it's just uh, emphasizing, and Scripture emphasizes the fact that, that when they went to Jerusalem, it was always the apostles and the elders who counseled together. In, in, you know, when questions uh, would arise, they would go to Jerusalem, where the, most of the apostles would, would be, um, and they would bring this both to the apostles and the elders um, and uh, listen to their, their advice. So Acts 15, 6. The apostle and the elders, the apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter about circumcision for salvation. And again, it's just another verse that clarifies the apostles and the elders. Did the elders have authority? And I think from these passages so far we can see, yeah. They do. They, yeah. yeah. The apostles and the elders were always making decisions together based upon their understanding of of whatever uh, issue was arise, and this one was about circumcision. So, James declares judgment, Acts 15, 19, and 20. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality 
and from what has been strangled and from blood. So here James seems, uh, in some sense, uh, in Jerusalem to be able to carry the day. They look to James uh, for wisdom, for understanding, mm -hmm. and he makes a final judgment that they weren't going to trouble the Gentiles about circumcision. That wasn't going to be part of uh, you know, their salvation, that they had to be circumcised before they could be saved. They realized that that was not uh, going to be part of the gospel, that there wasn't going to be an outward sign to show you that you, ha that you were saved by some external um, matter. Because, uh, as Harold said, it's the circumcision of the heart. It is the heart matter, not external. And so they brought it to the apostles and the elders. And the elders and the apostles had authority to make decisions. And James comes and says, okay, here's what we want them to do. You know, we are not going to say you have to be circumcised, but here's what we want them to do. Apostles and the elders decided that circumcision was not going to come into play in, in the life of a believer to uh, Paul and Barnabas, basically to take it back and, yeah. and relay that. So now to Acts 15, 20 through, 22 through 25. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas called Barsabbas and Silas, leading men among the brothers. With the following letter, the brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Seleucia, greetings. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words, unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instructions, it has seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with, with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. So he's saying, we didn't instruct anybody to, to bring this to you. They just brought it to you. They trouble in your mind. And so we've made a decision and we're sending a letter. And back, the, both the apostles and elders made a decision to write a letter, send it uh, with, uh, by Paul and Barnabas back mm -hmm. to Antioch to settle the matter. Acts 16.4 As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So they, they went through the region, wherever there was this uh, brothers who had troubled them about circumcision, They've taken this letter that the apostles and elders had had uh, given them, and now they're going through and they're declaring this, they're delivering it, and they're just carrying out the responsibilities that were given to them by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem at that time. Mm -hmm. Paul calls the elders from Ephesus, Acts twenty seventeen. Now from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. Here, here it, it's really crucial. He, he calls not, not the congregation from Ephesus, not the, all the people, but he calls only the elders. And he, because why? 
because he's going to go on and c- explain this in the next oh, yeah. few verses. Paul goes on to encourage the elders, Acts 20, 28 through 30. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. So he's he's called the elders, and he's now encouraging them, instructing them, because they have a responsibility or they have the authority. Uh, They are overseers. And uh, we see um, actually the word, the Greek word uh, for attention means to, to pay attention. They are to pay attention to yourselves and to the whole flock and be cautious about it. It means to apply oneself, to watch, beware, to give heed to, have regard. So he's saying, first of all, you look to yourself and then you, you look to the congregation that you're an overseer, that you're over, and you have responsibilities for, because as we keep saying that Satan doesn't work from the outside in, he's gonna work from the inside out. out. Much so, easier. Yeah, and he, cre- he creeps in, mm-hmm. just like these brothers who came and said, oh, you must be circumcised. In order to be saved and you know and then you get these young believers who are going well should i am i is that is that part of it you know they were confused and that's why the the trip to jerusalem to clarify from the apostles there and the elders to to finally answer this question and so now paul and barbara have taken it back and and uh, they took it back and 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 it said no that's not going to be part of it and then then he, as he's traveling to Miletus, he's in Miletus and he calls the Ephesian elders and he said, okay, here, you have responsibility, you have authority over these people uh, to carry this out. Yeah. And the Greek word for overseers means a superintendent that is a Christian officer charged of a ecclesia church. That's overseer. So... Acts twenty one seventeen through eighteen or seventeen and eighteen. When we had come to Jerusalem, the brothers received us gladly. On the following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. And again, all we're trying to do is bring these passages that speak of these elders, kind of in an authoritative position. And and when you see it in Scripture, it. You see that the brothers received us, and they went into James and all the elders. So there were the apostles were there, the elders were there. Again, as we've read in other verses, they brought matters to these men, wise men, the apostles and the elders, to make decisions. Mm-hmm. You know how best to help uh, the young uh, congregation, the young ecclesia, as it was being established. Get them started on the right on the right foot. You know, give them a good foundation. Yeah, because it's easy yeah. for for these wolves to to come in among the sheep, 
and start bringing in heresy, start bringing in things, you know, and pretty soon it becomes a work of salvation. You know, circumcision would have been a work of salvation. You're working, oh, I've got to do something to my body in order to prove that I'm saved. And uh, and these elders were responsible uh, to know who's there, what kind of uh, information was being um, spread around, mm-hmm. and to uh, to deal with it. Because they had the authority to do that. They were given the authority. We read in Timothy that in Titus, there was these qualifications. They were appointed. And so they were authorized by the apostles to, to have responsibility over those congregations in uh, whatever area they, they found themselves. Mm-hmm. So we go First Timothy 4, 11 through 14. Command and teach these things. Let No one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. And... Just, just in case, I, I, the word exhortation is an, it's an address or a communication emphatically urging someone to do something. So that was back, and that's what Paul did to Timothy earlier. Yes. So, yeah, and we see in this passage, um, we're just kind of showing you how they laid the elders laid hands on Timothy, mm-hmm. and they prophesied over him. And they sent him out, basically. But the elders laid their hands. So there was this authorization. There was this, uh, they were authorizing Timothy to go out. Timothy to go out. So there were certain um, responsibilities. And uh, he, had a, he had a mandate and a, and a mission and a, and a calling to go out um, to the churches and, um, for various reasons. So First Timothy 5.17. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Yeah. So again, there was, let the elders who rule well. And that uh, that Greek word for that is? Oh, the Greek word for rule means to stand before, to maintain, be over rule. To be, yeah, be over a rule. Over, so it's a, yeah. it, it, it means to rule over people, not not lording over people. Right. But they, they are to, to, again, their responsibility was to watch out for the people, to make sure that they weren't being misled, misled by others. And then it says here, let those who do that, those elders who do that responsibility, be considered of double honor. Didn't mean money. It just means they were honored above others in the, in that sense, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching, because there were yeah. elders who labored, who pre- preached and taught uh, at that time. So, cross reference is First Thessalonians five twelve and thirteen. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly. In love because of their work. So uh, again, he's writing to 
Thessalonica. The church is there, and he's saying um, that they are to show respect to the elders and to esteem them highly in love mm -hmm. for the work's sake. For the work they're doing, you know, show love to them and concern for them. And because they labor over you, uh, they admonish you, they help you, they're, they are uh, help building that foundation of the ecclesia. They're to admonish is to warn or reprimand someone firmly. So hopefully yeah, that helps. That warning doesn't mean uh, uh, a domineering warning. No. It just means, uh, you know, to warn them, be cautious, and, and, and try to... Uh, always bring the word of God to bear upon them. Not the elders don't speak for themselves, but they speak the word of God and responsible for correcting uh, them in that in that manner. So James five fourteen and fifteen is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elder uh, elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. Now, the Greek word for sick in verse 14 means to be feeble in any sense, be diseased, be sick, be made weak. The Greek word for sick, for sick in verse 15 means apparently a primary verb, properly, to toil, to tire, figuratively faint, Sicken and wearied. Yeah. So we uh, we see here that uh, James is saying, okay, if you are ill, if you are sick in some sense, then call the elders, and and they will pray over you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And it says that prayer of faith will save the one who's sick, and the Lord will raise him up. Not it's not going to save his you know uh, so much his. It's not going to give him salvation, but it's going to be able to heal this person, pray over them, anoint them with oil mm -hmm. in the name of the Lord, and as they're praying for them, uh, it, there's a promise that uh, the, the Lord will raise them up. So there's promises in that. You know, we see that the apostles had authority to, uh, to heal sick people. So we, we see this was going on, and we, so we see here that the elders, in some sense, uh, to what extent we're not sure, but they could come, and there's a promise that the Lord mm -hmm. will raise him up, those who are sick, and call the elders. The elders had this authority to pray for them, to anoint them with oil, and the Lord promises to raise them up. 1 Peter 5, 1-4. through 4. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge but being examples of, uh, to the flock. And when the ch chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. The Greek word for shepherd means to tend as a shepherd or figuratively su supervisor, feed rule. 
the Greek word for oversight, means to oversee, by implication, to beware, look diligently, take the oversight. So we see that the uh, that Peter is exhorting these elders because he calls himself a fellow elder. He was a, 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 an apostle as well as an elder, and and he clarifies his apostleship with saying he witnessed the suffering of Christ, and as well as a partaker in the glory to come. And he said, now I want you to shepherd, I want you to supervise or feed or rule over the flock to which God has made, uh, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. And so there would be these elders in, in, in each various uh, regions who are responsible. And he's saying, so I'm giving you this, I'm telling you to shepherd these people, exercising oversight, mm -hmm. that meaning watch out for those wolves, watch out for the needs that the people have. The responsibility was to, to care for the people, care for the flock. You know, they were to demonstrate to the people so the people would be willing to follow them and not for shameful gain, not not for money, but eagerly, just mm -hmm. because it's, you know, as uh, as you're responsible, as you have this authority, as you, you know, you are older in the faith, you are given this authority, you are to do it because of that, not because you're going to get paid any kind, any kind of salary for it. Right. Uh, don't be domineering, don't be lording over them in your charge. But he says, by being an example, show, let them see you, how mm -hmm. you do it. And when the chief shepherd, when Christ appears, you will receive that crown of glory. Your glory isn't here on earth. No. Your glory isn't going to be recognized, being recognized by the people. That's not what the glory is. But it's going to be that unfading crown of glory that you receive when Christ comes in the resurrection. I like that part. Unfading yes. crown of glory. It won't tarnish. It won't tarnish. Not it at won't all. fade away. It will be there. Yeah. So we have a cross re reference here. Timothy 3, 1 through 7. The, saving, the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, a overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how could he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the con condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by his outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. So here, here Paul is writing to Timothy and saying, okay, if, if somebody wants to be an overseer, an elder, here are the qualifications, uh, here's what you look for, 
Because how can somebody who can't even manage their own household, their own, um, you know, uh, life, care for the ecclesia? Exactly. How can you do that? You can't. So there was a heavy responsibility, and 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 because there was this uh, guys who would get puffed up, you know, because they thought, you know, I have this authority. Uh, so elders had to be very careful when they had the authority that they weren't lording over the people, they weren't puffing themselves up, building themselves up greater than everybody else in that sense, um, because they could fall in the snare of the devil. The devil can use that. And, and also that outsiders are going to be watching you. Mm-hmm. And that's important, that you set yourself an example for for the congregation, uh, for the assembly of believers, but also be aware of what people are going to see about you as you conduct yourself within that whole um, that that whole ec- the assembly, because you might fall into the snare of a de- the devil. The devil might snare you in, and um, it's not a good place to be. No, basically, you 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 have to twenty four hours a day uh, show just through your actions in that of of your you know that your ecclesia of who they know by your actions exactly you know you know i mean we all we all have um responsibility yeah. uh, to conduct ourselves in such a way that the world can see us i bring this first peter five five likewise you who are younger be subject to the elders okay. the greek word for subject means to subordinate to obey be under obedience Put under, subdue, unto, be put in subjection, under, submit self unto. So, it, you know, Peter's saying, um, you that are younger in the faith are to submit to those elders. So you are, you are just to submit to them uh, because they're going to watch over your soul. They're yep. going to help you. Be, they were going to correct you. Um, they're going to mm-hmm. keep error out of the out of the ecclesia. They're going to do all these things to protect you from from uh, wolves who are going to come in, rise among you. And so they had a lot of responsibility. So you, being young in the faith, uh, are to submit to that and mm-hmm. give yourselves to that because these men have been appointed through the authority that God had handed down. So, you know, he's, he's given it, he, he gave it to Christ, Christ gave it to the apostles, apostles gave authority to Timothy and Titus, and also they gave it to the elders. They appointed elders, they, they told elders how they are to conduct themselves and their qualifications and, and all of those things. Why? Because they had a responsibility to care for God's flock, mm-hmm. for the people of God. And, and that's why it's important um, that we understand the authority. So next week, we're going to take a look at, you know, how do elders today, how do they get, how do they get the authority? Who gives the authority to them? And, uh, and we'll address that next week. That's it for today. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.